0: podcast featuring the Garrity Group team discussing all things related to New Mexico public relations, media relations, and digital media in 10 minutes or less. This is Tom Garrity and joining me around the room this week includes
1: Vice President of the Garrity Group Public Relations, Amanda Molina.
2: And Director Lily Casada.
0: Fantastic. Well, welcome. Um, So the Perception podcast consists of the top topic media moves and takeaways. So for the top topic, as we transition into 2017, what organization or entity is off to a strong start with public relations?
1: Well, just a couple of weeks ago, we saw it covered quite a bit in the news. But um, a company that stuck out to me was how Dion's handed their Listeria scare. um, That was... They were really quick and upfront and transparent about it. Uh, they handled the issue well, and it's done and over with, thankfully, with uh, what what we can see as minimal damage. So I think they, they went about it a great way, and it seems like they're over it quick.
0: Yeah, when the news first break, it came across, uh, that one came across my phone, and I was almost tempted to go into a Dion's to test to see how their employees were responding, but I didn't. I like Dina Crawley. I like Mark Herman and the team at Dion's not to become a pest for them. (laughs) (laughs) Lily, what did you uh, identify as one of the top topics so far?
2: I identified, uh, the WIP uh, center, which is the waste isolation pilot plant in Carlsbad. They had their first kind of, um, operations in more than three years since their accident. And that was big news. And I thought that the news, um, covered it in a very positive light and it was just seen as such great news for the entire state, for the agency to start, um, back up again.
0: That's great, um, and my top topic is actually they happen to be a client, New Mexico Health Insurance Exchange, uh, but I chose them because of all the attention the Affordable Care Act is getting. It seems as if um, you know anything related to saving the Affordable Care Act is almost as if, zone my own personal views, it's not the views of the exchange or anything like that. It's almost like it's the one thing from the election that is continuing on, and uh, as far as the election day. You Election debates and stuff, but uh, I think that that's definitely has been a top topic. As uh, you know, everybody looks at it from the national level. I know we've been slammed at the local level. Uh, just with reporters wanting feedback and things of that nature. So that's what I think is, you know, one of those top topics for us uh, and for New Mexico. So our Media Moves segment will actually feature insight on things we've seen in the world of New Mexico traditional and digital media. And I'm going to jump in first here. The, um, and I just actually met with their digital person. Uh, but the person who handles the media for The Craft Room, which is a microbrewery, Uh, It's down in Broadbent Park, and uh, I've just been impressed with two things. One, that they've only been open since June, and then two, when I went down there last weekend, uh, they were packed. I mean, it was literally standing room only, and their Facebook has about 7,500 likes, and their Instagram has 1,300 followers, and just in that short amount of time to be sold out and literally standing room only, I know the craft brew business is big but that was really surprising to me um lily what do you find
2: i've been seeing a couple of different things just um just from my drive uh, into work and back home i've i see at least i want to say two uh billboards about albuquerque uh, rescue missions new name steelbridge and I see them online, and I, I've just seen them everywhere lately. And so I think that they've done a really good job. I know that the Albuquerque Journals covered their name change and why they, they changed their name. So I, I think they, they have a really good um, overall strategy going.
0: Yeah, Rick Nathanson did a great job with that particular story. Uh, always like reading his uh, his stuff. Uh, and you know, just as one thing that popped to my mind as you were sharing that about all the advertising that you see for those of you who want to do great advertising, um, it's always good to do that in the first quarter because uh, that's when there's a lot of accessibility. So I, I agree that timing for them was really strong as well.
1: This is Amanda. And I thought, uh, Something that was kind of a fun story in the digital realm on a local level that just uh, recently came out was the NM-based emojis, and all of the buzz around that, it was a New Mexico native who who moved to New York and um, comes up with a bunch of different emojis with, with uh, celebrities and, and other company for other companies. But I think it's as PR and communications professionals, it's a good idea for us just to, again, focus on how to reach the um, our audience through mobile because it's still just such a an active and everybody has a phone and everybody's super excited about these emojis and it's something small, but how can companies and organizations implement it into their programs to get people just as excited to talk about their brand? Hmm.
0: Yeah, I saw that story as well. And, you know, when I was, um, you know, I know that some of us around the office use uh, Snapchat and really like the bit emojis. Lily. <clears throat> um, but <laughs> but it's pretty funny because, you know, you have to actually go to that particular keyboard. And I wonder, I mean, I love the concept. I wonder how many people are actually going to be fi- able to figure out the keyboard and switching the keyboard and stuff. But, I don't know, Lily, are you going to probably use uh, a chili ristra mm-hmm. on an upcoming snap or something like that?
2: Probably. I already have the keyboard, and I, yeah. you know I do. Um, actually, uh, one of our clients, Julianne Ferris, actually was the one who introduced me to it. She, <laughs> she sent me a bunch of emojis from that series and said, you have to download <laughs> these emojis. And so I did, and we had, like, an entire emoji conversation just based on those New Mexico emojis.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See? Yeah. Well, there you go, um, all right, well, finally, on the takeaways, uh, the Albuquerque Journal recently started the bright spot story every day. Is this a good thing to point out to readers that it's or is it just simply reinforcing that the news reported is negative news? Also, what kind of opportunity do you think this provides to Albuquerque area businesses? Lily will go to you
2: i i can 't um. I can't uh, imagine this being a bad thing for anyone. Uh, This is going to be good news for businesses. It's going to be good news for just readers. And, I mean, we couldn't, we we can't see enough good news. So I think that's, it's a great opportunity for for, um, just everyone.
1: I agree. I think in in a world of lots of bad news and we're kind of in a, tough time it feels like sometimes here in new mexico with all the bad news we read it's like having your dessert first and you know going going there to the bright spot and checking out a a good story um but I, i could see how some folks could say well one good story out of the so many but but either way i think it's a good thing i think it's a good opportunity for for businesses to be able to tell some some good stories that they have going on and i applaud the journal for doing it i think it's fun
0: Yeah, and it reminds me of the days when Channel 13, Care QE, uh, used to have their Good News newscast. Um, I always liked the concept of that, even though it didn't necessarily do real well in the ratings. uh, The approach was good because it kind of refocused the whole conversation with that. All right. Well, thank you for uh, listening to the Perception Podcast. I'm Tom Garrity.
1: I'm Lily Casada. And Amanda Molina.
0: All right. For more insights, visit aboutperception.com or garritypr.com. This is Tom Garrity. Have a great day.